Thank you all so much for tuning in once again. It's Brandon here with you over at Tea Time Reports. And today I am extremely, extremely excited to be bringing you guys the very first episode of the newest installment on the show, Magic Mondays, presented by yours truly, Tea Time Reports. This is going to be about the Orlando Magic, the local NBA basketball team here where we live. Um, if you caught the most recent NFL week recap power rankings and coverage, you would have got the little news drop, the little update that this series was going to be coming out today on this Monday, um, hence the name Magic Mondays. This will be a weekly series coming out every Monday throughout the entirety of the NBA season. So that way I feel like it's a, it's a good format because, you know, there's 82 games throughout the regular season. I'm not going to be able to drop an episode and just flood you guys after every single game with an episode. So I thought it would be good to do it weekly, you know, so that way we can sort of compile three, four, maybe five games that week, touch on each one of them, touch on storylines, news. And that also gives us a good amount of content to touch on in, in each episode as well. Then, yeah, I'm gonna. Sorry, I, I got distracted looking at, at looking at the box score of this first game. Something that just caught my eye was actually crazy because I did not even realize it watching the game. But yeah, so so far this season, Magic are off to a really good start, two and zero. You can't ask for anything better. Before I get into that, though, um, I just want to give a little bit of preface on myself as a Magic fan. And look, I'm not. The I'm not Mr. Know-it-all when it comes to basketball or football or anything we talk about on this podcast. I never will be. I strive to be day in and day out. That's why I do this and covering the magic like this, covering the Bears like I have, the NFL like I have, the NBA like I'm going to. It helps me become that. So that's what I'm doing. I don't know it all. I'm not some genius, some professional. I'm just here to speak my mind, to learn more about basketball, the beautiful sport that it is. I've always been a basketball fan. I've never played organized basketball, but I've always been a fan of it, just like I am of hockey, just like I am of soccer. Never played those sports, but a huge fan of them. You know, I mean, it just goes back to me being a sports fan. A lot of you guys out there hopefully can relate, but I'm passionate. I'm loyal about my sports teams. My my Orlando Magic, that that's my that's my basketball team. You know, my I have some relationship or some connections, if you will, to them. Um, my brother Chris, shout out to him, he's a diehard Orlando Magic fan. His mom, so we have same dad, different mom type of thing. His mom actually used to be the hairstylist for the Orlando Magic cheerleaders. I forget what the the range of the dates were, but probably about 10, 15 years ago or so, she did the hair for the Orlando Magic cheerleaders. So my brother was heavily involved with the Orlando Magic Association would be in the locker room, would be in the dressing room with his mom sometimes before the games, would interact with the cheerleaders, went to a lot of Magic games growing up, and so some of his Orlando Magic fandom has been passed on to me. Um, so I'm trying to dive into that and really just magnify it and bring the most out of it because, one, like I said, I love the sport, I love the Magic, I like the history of the Magic too. Yes, never been any titles, but I mean, Dwight Howard, Shaquille O'Neal, Penny Hardaway, Tracy McGrady, there's a lot of rich and deep-rooted history in Orlando, in O-Town, with the Magic. And any basketball fan will know that. So I hope you guys can join me on this and 
join me on this journey and this adventure as I dive deeper into my fandom with this team and deeper into my knowledge as a basketball fan, as a basketball consumer of the sport, and we'll, we'll sort of see where it goes. But uh, moving on, I want to touch on the first two games of the season right now. Um, as of now, as I'm recording this episode, we're actually playing the Los Angeles Lakers out on the West Coast, coast right now. We're in the middle of a four-game road streak. Um, not looking too hot right now against LeBron and the Lakers. Last I saw, we were down by like 11 before I started recording. But like I said a few minutes ago, off to a great start. Off to a 2-0 start. You can't ask for much better, and you couldn't have asked for much better than what we saw in Game 1, opening night, at home, at the Amway Center, against the Houston Rockets. Yes, a very subpar and not very good Houston Rockets team, but, I mean, you got Fred Van Fleet in there now, big free agent acquisition over the summer. Very, very good player. We all know this, and he's a very good locker room player as well. When you have players like Jalen Green and some of the other young talent you have on that roster squad, a guy like Van Fleet is someone that you want to have in there to keep everyone in check in a way and then bring the most out of those players. They're not going to be a very good team, but they're going to be competitive in my opinion. However, they were not very competitive in this opening night matchup against the Orlando Magic. For the first time in franchise history, the Orlando Magic came out on opening night with a 30-point win. Just absolutely dominated the Houston Rockets at home. And overall, this this was just a great all-around complete team game. Start to finish. It really was. Early on in the first quarter, Houston was hitting their shots. They came out firing. They they were coming out fast against the Magic, and the Magic weathered a very early storm from the Rockets in the first quarter, and it pretty much just was on cruise control the rest of the game. I mean, the Rockets kind of surged back early on in the third quarter, midway throughout the third quarter, but the rest of the third quarter and all the fourth quarter, the Magic just... The Magic's defense was just suffocating Houston. They just couldn't do anything. And Cole Anthony was having a great night. Franz Wagner was having a great night. Overall, like I said, just a very, very good, well-rounded, complete team performance. Like I said, Wagner had a great night. Had three three-pointers. I believe his only three three-pointers all came in the first quarter. Got off to a hot start. Gary Harris also got involved in this game pretty pretty avidly as well which I'd like to see because we acquired him from the Denver Nuggets and he never really played he never really got minutes I was never really sure why but I've always thought he was very very talented he came out looked pretty good had 11 points five rebounds one of four from the three-point line five of eight shooting total Cole Anthony eight for 12 off the bench with 20 points eight rebounds Paulo Bancaro 12 points five rebounds five assists Franz Wagner four rebounds two assists 19 points Wendell Carter Jr., 8 points, 8 rebounds. Markel Fultz, 10 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. Jalen Juggs, Jalen Juggs, what the fuck, I'm so sorry. Jalen Suggs, 8 points, 4 rebounds. All around, like I said, great performance. I mean, there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 players on this team had 5 or more rebounds. 6 players on this team had 10 or more points. Once again, all-around complete team performance from start to finish, and it was great to watch. One thing that catches your eye, then you need to see improvement, especially from this team because, look, we know what this team's strengths are. This team's strength are defense and scoring in the paint. 
we know we have the talent to shoot the three ball, but we need to see consistency from it. And if we see what we saw in this opening night game against Houston, 26.5%, only 9 from 34 from the three, that's not going to cut it. Even with these complete team games like we saw, we need to and we expect to be better with that. But I'm just being nitpicky with it. Overall, like I said, very, very good performance. I, I just sound like a broken record at this point, but it was. I mean, this was best-case scenario for an opening night game. You know, you have number one overall pick, rookie of the year, Paulo Bencaro, coming off a great rookie season, averaging 25-5 and five pretty much, 20 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. You know, this is a very young but determined and very talented and hungry Magic squad that I, I really do feel like have their eyes set for the playoffs, maybe even a playoff bid, uh, playoff tournament bid this coming season. And I, I think they can do it. I think Jamal Mosley is the guy. I think he's shown improvement year in and year out. And so far with these first two games, like I said, it's been all you can ask for. They shot 23 from 26 from the free throw line against Houston, 88.5%. Out-rebounded Houston by 26. 26. Had 10 more offensive rebounds. Actually, yeah, 10 more offensive rebounds. Had 16 more defensive rebounds. We also had six blocks in this games in this game, eight steals, and we won the turnover battle as well. Also dominated points in the paint. Had 22 more points in the paint than the Rockets did. Quite literally, the only negatives in this game was the fact that they outscored us in fast but fast break points by six, and our three point percentage, like, like I already touched on, nine from 34, 26 and a half percent, not gonna cut it. Just under 50 percent from the field though overall, so very good. Like I said. Overall, I, I can't be mad. This was best-case scenario, all you can ask for, and then some from the Magic. Once again, first time in franchise history, this team has won their opening night game by 30 points. 30 points, that's crazy. And yes, I've already prefaced, bad Houston squad, but I don't think anybody would have came out and said that this Magic squad would have won this game by 30 points. They were favored by 4 points. They definitely covered that. They also covered... In the game against Portland as well, which I'm about to get into shortly. They won that game by five. The spread was four, just like the spread in this Houston game. But, you know, some things that I took away from this game was the chemistry between Franz Wagner and Wendell Carter Jr. It's like every time that Wagner played ISO or was driving to the rim after we couldn't find a shot on the perimeter of the mid-range, he kicked it to Wendell Carter Jr. for the slam or the easy layup or the easy bucket time and time again in this Rockets game and that's what's going to set us apart because we don't have any like household names we're sort of like the Rays in a way you know we have young generational talents Wagner, Boncaro, Randy Rosarina, Wanda Franco then we have a lot of complimentary solid above average and really good players and, you know and that's being utilized and it's being utilized efficiently efficiently excuse me and Jamal Mosley's putting our players in position to succeed and getting the most out of them. Like I said, everybody was involved, whether it was the point production, the rebound production, even to the minutes. Every single player on the Orlando Magic roster at least logged five minutes in this opening night game. like to see that. Joe Angels stood out to me, not so much on the stat line. He finished this game with zero points, didn't make a bucket. But it's his presence on the court in the locker room on the bench that you can already see he's gelling with this team. And this team's it's fun to watch. It's fun to root for. They're very young. They they get along very well. Their chemistry is great. And you can see that out there on the court. 
I mean, they were stringing together wins last season against teams that they shouldn't have been stringing together wins against. You know, and that's because of their chemistry. That's because of their coaching. It's gonna, we're going to see a lot of that this year, but more of it and more improved because this team's even better, and they're going to keep getting better. And you can mark my words for that. Um, like I said, Cole Anthony was our leading scorer. I think he's a sneaky potential for sixth man of the year if he continues to play off the bench in the role that he is, which I think is perfect for him. You know, he had career lows last season, kind of fell off after improving his first two seasons, and you're like, damn, is this guy really going to stick with us? Is he going to be moved? What's going to happen with him? We drafted another point guard in the draft. What's going to happen? But I think he sort of found his role, and he's just now scratching the surface with that because Cole Anthony's a stud. He's a baller. He's great when it comes to ISO. He's great when the ball is in his hands in clutch moments late in the game. You need a bucket. You need a layup. You need something. He's the guy you want the ball to be in the hands of. And we need that, especially coming off the bench. Jonathan Isaac looked great. And his defensive awareness, his defensive prowess, and just overall defensive-wise, and his performance as well. When he's out there, this team is just a well-oiled machine defensively. And you can tell he's at the helm of it. He's just an animal all over the place, blocking, locking down team scorers, getting rebounds. He's just a menace. And he's so athletic, so lengthy. And he can come down and make a three ball every now and then, you know. And, yes, his whole career has just been riddled with injury after injury. And it's such a shame because he's so, so talented. He could legitimately be one of the best two-way players in the league. And, you know, with, throughout these first two games, he's showing that he could still potentially be it. He just needs to stay healthy. But going back to just the overall ball movement, the team play was superb. And, and if we continue to see this, look, my prediction is this team, look, it might be a little bit high expectations. I don't know how many people really have these expectations. But my expectations are relatively high for this team. I, I really am predicting and almost expecting this team to make the playoffs this year. I am. Whether it's, look, my my ceiling for this team is a top six finish in the East. But I, I really do think this team will be a legitimate threat for that play-in tournament from, I think it's what, seven to 10, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 seeds. I, I legitimately think this Magic team can do that. Or, I don't know what it is. It might be 8, 9, 10. I don't know what it is. I need to refresh on that. But this this Magic team can do that, I believe. And we continue playing this type of ball. I believe we can do so. You know, and um, we've sort of seen a tale of two different games so far. Um, I'll move on to the Portland Trailblazer game. But we finished off that Rockets game by outscoring them by 12 points in the fourth quarter and just cruising through that 30-point win. And like I said, we... We came into this Portland game favored by four. Um, I was a little bit more worried about this game as far as the quality of opponent. Yes, Portland lost Damian Lillard, but they brought in a fucking haul in what they were able to do with moving Damian Lillard. You know, DeAndre Ayton, Scoot Henderson, um, Shaden Sharp keeps getting better. Um, Jeremy Grant, Malcolm Brogdon. You know, that's a solid, gritty, and veteran filled team with a player like Scoot that is supposed to be the next generational player and next franchise player for your team and I think he will be I, I really do he did not have a good game against us I think only made one field goal only had three points but look that was a second career game drafted three overall 
this kid's going to be special one day. I really do believe that. It was him and Wambanyana. You know, and I think they're both going to take the league by storm or the association by storm for years to come. Um, another person I want to shout out is Jalen Suggs. Look, he had a down year last year. Um, another player like Cole Anthony that were like, all right, is this guy really going to be with us in the future? Um, but I think him and Cole sort of understood that was the uh, perception around the two of them. And they're both playing with a chip on the shoulder. And Jalen Suggs isn't going to come out and wow you with anything. Really, he, he, he isn't. But he's a chippy player that's going to give you 110% every time he's on the floor. And if he can just – he's streaky, you know. He's either going to go 3 for 12 or 9 for 12. But he's going to knock down three balls for you. He's going to play good defense. He's going to give you intensity and energy every single second he is on that court. And that's what you want, you know. And you can just hope that he can pan out when it comes to his shot and his field goal percentage and not be such a streaky player because you don't know how long a player like that is going to last on this team. But I've always been a fan of Suggs. I was happy when we drafted him. We just haven't really been able to see him pan out. But he's looked good. He's looked decent so far. I mean, he was 3-for-12 in the first game against Houston. But like I said, it was that grittiness and that intensity and that tenacity that I was playing with. And he was making shots that, look, I haven't really seen him make before. You know, and if if, they, if they're giving him the green light to just keep shooting like this, it's a matter of time before he finds his stride and really gets something going. I mean, in the Portland game, he ended up starting that game. Played 27 minutes, was 4 for 5, 11 points, 5 rebounds. That's a clean game from him, and that's what you want to see going forward. But, yeah, we'll, we'll move on to more of this Portland game. Got away with a close 5-point victory. Um, we were up by 13 relatively late in the third quarter, and we let Portland come back in it close and make it a game all the way up to the last second. And that's sort of been the tale of two games so far that I was mentioning a few mo- minutes ago. You know, in the the Houston Rockets game, we end up winning by 30. We blow them out by 12 in the fourth quarter. We hold on to the lead. We step on their throats, and we just cruise all the way to the end. This game, not so much. We were dominating, you know. We were up by almost double digits in the second, going into the second half. Excuse me. Got up relatively big in the third. We kept letting them hang with us. Then, like I said, got a nice cushion in the fourth, let them get back into it. And they made it close at the end. But this team showed resiliency. This team showed fight. This team has shown the growth to be able to win these games and not fully let this team come back and actually steal the win for them. And that's that's that small nuances and the small little improvements that I'm seeing in this team that I really do think they can be a playoff team. I, I, I really do. Um, shout out to Mo Wagner as well, not Franz, his other bra- brother, um, or other brother, his brother Mo. 17 points, 9 rebounds, 8 for 8 shooting from the field. Cole Anthony again, 6 buckets off the bench with 18 points, 4 rebounds. Franz Wagner, um, Wagner, I'm sorry, led the team in scoring with 23. Um, Boncaro had 14, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 5 for 12 shooting. And we're not even seeing Paulo hit his group yet. We've yet to see Paulo crack 15, 16 points in these first two games, and we're still 2-0. People are still producing all around the court, all around him. And one thing I'm seeing out of him more these in these first two games is the way he's facilitating the ball. He's not just taking the ball to the rim like he was last year. He's drawing that attention because people have the tape on him now. Rookie of the year, we saw time and time again. He would draw him out to the perimeter. Defenders would try to get him one-on-one. And, look, he would just drive by him and get to the rim because he's so strong and athletic and has such a nice touch at the rim. 
And now, while he's doing that, it's bringing more defenders in. And he's really had to work on and refine his passing. And now he's facilitating it a lot more to all the guys around him. And they're benefiting from that. They really are. Uh, Markel Fultz had 8 points, 6 assists. You know, another complete game, you know, for the most part. Now, there are some differences in this game. We only had 10 guys lace up and get some minutes in this game. Five other guys didn't even play. And one thing that did catch my eye this game as well, the free throw percentage. The only reason this game was so close was because we were 21 from 32 at the free throw line, only 65%. That's over a 23% drop-off from game one to game two in our free throw percentage. And we cannot see that type of roller coaster up and down in our free throw line because that's going to be a big difference in games and whether or not we can win. Now, our three-point shot was a little bit more improved in this game, 32%, 9 for 28. So that trending up, hopefully it stays like that. But the free throws, those cannot continue to trend down because if we make eight more of those, we win this game by 13. You know what I'm saying? Another thing that caught my eye with this game was the rebound battle. Yes, the Trailblazers did bring in DeAndre Ayton this offseason. And we all know DeAndre Ayton is an elite, elite rebounder. But besides that, they don't really have a lot of size on this Portland Trailblazers team. If you compare the starting lineups, the only position, the only player that's taller than a Magic player in that starting lineup is DeAndre Ayton. He's taller than our center. Everybody else in our starting five was taller than their starting five. They only out-rebounded us by two, but still the fact that they out-rebounded us kind of shocked me. Um, we had more assists than them. We had more steals. We had more blocks. None of that shocked me. Like I said, just going back to defense, defense, defense. Statistically, this Magic team is the best defense in the league after two games. Um, we have 18 steals, 11 blocks in two games, which is really, really good. Also won the turnover battle in both games so far as well. Also dominated in the point or points in the paint once again. So defense, points in the paint, consistent as our identity in these first two games. And just imagine when Paulo Bancaro gets going. You know, that's when we might really see the true potential or might really see them scratching the true potential of this team and what they can really be. And I'm also going to give you a live update of this Orlando Magic and Los Angeles Lakers matchup. The Orlando Magic actually just fucking surged back and outscored the Los Angeles Lakers by nine points in the second quarter to claim a four-point lead going into the half. Franz Wagner, six points, six rebounds, four for four from free throw line, already has two steals as well. Markel Fultz, four points, four rebounds, four sits. Wendell Carter, seven points, three rebounds. Jalen Suggs, there he is once again. 12 points, our, leading, our second leading scorer right now behind Gary Harris with 14. And look, we're shooting good from the free throw line right now. We're eight from 10. Or yeah, we're eight for 10 from the free throw line right now. So 80%, like I said, we need to continue to keep doing that. Do not let us keep shooting 60 65, 68% from the free throw line because it's not going to be a recipe for success. Paula Bencaro only has two points, three assists, or three rebounds, two assists so far at the half. Not really sure what's going on with him, you know. Cole Anthony has six points. Joe Ingles is yet to have a bucket. But lots of involvement all around from everybody that's getting onto the court. You like to see Gary Harris leading the way. Four for four from the three-point line in the first half, so... Look, I'm kind of shocked to be up at halftime against the Lakers at the Staples Center as well. So you'll sort of hear the second half recap and more in-depth recap of this game on next Monday's episode. But 
I wanted to give you guys just a nice little live update because it did just reach halftime. But one thing I did notice as well about this Trailblazer game, Jalen Suggs wore a headband in this game, and he also wore a head. He did not wear a headband. I'm sorry. In the Houston Rockets game, is headband Jalen Suggs potentially a new hashtag, a new movement on the platform X, as they call it now? He also was wearing a headband tonight in L.A. against the Lakers, and already has 12 points at halftime, balling out. I think. Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown, what the fuck? I think headband Jalen Suggs needs to be coined right here, right now. And I need to get a shirt because he also just hit a buzzer beater. Step back, 23-foot shot right at halftime, too. I'm just, seeing the, I'm just seeing the video now on Twitter. Now, he is balding like a motherfucker. No disrespect, but you are balding like a motherfucker, my guy. Jesus, what is going on? That's probably why you're wearing the headband, but you're balling out of your mind. So my brother, please keep doing so. And hopefully we can get a nice result here on the road against the Lakers, against Anthony Davis, against LeBron James, and start out 3-0. and Who would have thought? 3-0, and man. It's crazy. This Orlando Magic team, 3-0. and We're also tied for first in the league right now in point differential after the first two games. We're first in points allowed with 91.5 in the first two games. We're third in rebounds with 51 in the first two games. So that's going to be our identity. Our identity is going to be playing solid, suffocating defense, and just dominating the paint. Offensively, defensively, whether it's scoring in the paint, whether it's racking up rebounds in the paint defensively and offensively, whether it's getting blocks in the paint defensively, that's what this team is built to do. That's what this team is going to do. And like I said, man, if Boncaro can keep going or get going and Cole Anthony can keep going, Franz Wagner can, can keep going, dude, year, a year time, two years time, a couple more pieces, Anthony Black ends up being a stud, watch out for this Magic team, guys. And I just want to say this. The NBA win total over under for the Orlando Magic this year was 36 and a half. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. I'm betting over. I'm hammering the over. I think this Magic team wins 40 games this year. I do. My floor for this Magic team is 40 wins this year. I think their ceiling is about 48, 49. I really do. And 48, that'd be a 14, that'd be a 14 win improvement from last year, which would be insane. And that's Trust me, that's reaching it. That's probably like a top four, top five C, but that's my ceiling. Like I said, I'd be very shocked if we did, but don't say I didn't tell you it could have happened. Um, a lot of ESPN experts and some other analysts were predicting us to go with a 38 and 44 record, which is a four win improvement from last season, which would put us in the last spot for the play in tournament. But like I said, my floor for this team is 40 wins minimum. I, I really think this, this team. And this squad and these players and this coaching staff has what it takes and has it in them to reach 40 wins and really compete in this Eastern Conference as a legitimate like middle-tier team. Honestly, I, I really think they do. I, I think they're better than the Hawks. I think they're better than the Raptors. I think they're better than the Bulls. I think they're better than the Nets. They're better than the Knicks. They're better than the Rap. I think I already said the Raptors too. I, I really think this team is going to surprise a lot of people this year. 36 and a half win total is crazy. I would smash the hammer on that. Like I said, 40 wins 
as my floor for this team, and I think they can do it. I'm going to leave it off at that, though. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode, the first episode of this new Magic Mondays installment. Let me know what you think about this. Reach out to us on all platforms at Tea Times Reports, whether it's Instagram, Threads, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, X as well. And just let us know what you think. Give us some feedback. Give us some criticism. Let's start some magic conversations. If you're a Bears fan, go and check out the Windy City Reports episodes as well. Check out the NFL recaps and just engage with us. We want to get that out there. This podcast is growing. This podcast is legit. We need to get our credit. I'm putting it on the record right now. We're almost 300 episodes in, goddammit. We deserve it. We deserve the recognition. We're going to keep doing it for you guys because we're staying awake. We're staying active. We're Tea Time Reports, baby, and we're going to keep bringing it to you. Thank you guys once again for tuning in. Take care and stay awake. Peace.